Ladies and gentlemen, it's a Mean Green Nation podcast. Welcome to it. So I think this episode calls for the sad fight song. <laughs> because, well, North Texas lost. If you ain't know, ladies and gentlemen, uh, North Texas played in the, the 2022 edition of the conference championship game, and they lost. They got blown out. Uh, the final score is 48-27 in UTSA's favor. Uh, much to our chagrin. Um, yeah, I mean, it was not fun. I think if there's any like sort of silver lining or something like that, is I heard from a lot of people that you got to leave the stadium well ahead of time. Get to your car, drive home, wherever home may be. And so it wasn't just like that kick in the, in the gut kind of feeling like, we have a chance, we have a chance, we just have to, oh, we dropped. Uh, uh, and then everybody's cheering while you're like, oh, I said, you're just, yeah, you know what? We're not going to come back from down 21 with six minutes left or whatever it was. Three minutes left. It's, it's time to go. <laughs> so there you go. I mean, it, yeah, you, go. you look for the silver lining. It is a Sunday. One reason why we wait a little bit is so that we're not on here just going, everybody fire everybody. Everybody get out of here. You know, you out. <laughs> you out. Um, with me. Uh, today is a guy who was at the game, Mr. Greg Godecker. How are you doing on this fine Sunday morning? I'm doing all right. Um, finally rested up a little bit. It was a late night drive, like you said, back from the game. So uh, I'm doing all right. What What was your music of choice uh, on the way back? <laughs> oh, you know, Johnny Cash, Hurt. <laughs> I hurt myself. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so yeah, it was. So I get, finally got back to uh, where I was staying, and then uh, you know I was texting. I know other people, people from the super secret Mingo Nation Slack were in town, and I was like, "Where are y'all? I'll, I'll go meet up with you guys." And uh, I just got to drop all this stuff off, um, backpack and everything, and uh, they're like, "Oh, well, we're this couple of them like Aldo. He was uh, he was at uh, somewhere downtown by the Riverwalk. I was gonna head to that way." But then they're like, no, we we just left, or whatever. I was like, fine. So I ordered some DoorDash because uh, I was hungry, I hadn't eaten, and uh, once I ate some tacos, I fell asleep just pretty immediately. Uh, I think it's there's a lot to process, a lot of stuff happening for me personally, moving around, getting stuff done, meeting up with people, like all that was a good time. That's why you do, you know, that's why you these things kind of things are enjoyable. You get to see people you you care about, you like. Yeah, maybe some people you don't like. Ran into Mason's fine. I gave him a sticker. <laughs> uh, I asked him, you know, about the game. I gave him yeah, good luck in the CFL, all that good stuff. Um, all right, so let's talk a little bit about the game. Um, first quarter, good. I thought that and we'll get into the criticism. There's nothing wrong with the criticisms, right? Everybody's going to have some. I thought number two didn't play so well. I thought number 26 didn't have his best game. The 25 was a subject of criticism, rightly. I thought, uh, was it two on defense wasn't so great either. We'll get into all that, and I don't think there's anything wrong saying you played not as good football, and I don't think that's an indictment on anybody's work ethic, their love for the game, their love for the sport, their their character as men. <laughs> None of that's wrong. We, we can talk about it. It's fine. It's okay. Um, I think that's why you, you, you kind of know what you're talking about, so you can, you can, um, you can criticize... Uh, uh, with you know, from a good spot. All right, the game first quarter. North Texas came out and they ran the ball. What well, was was that nice to see them run the ball again like that? You had uh, Ragsdale, you had Johnson in there, and you had a day in there. You had three of the guys of the four-headed monster out there doing their thing. Uh, that was great. I, I don't have the numbers. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but you know, uh, if Ragsdale had. Just a little bit, like one more gear, that would have been a 99-yard touchdown in the conference championship game. Yeah, if that was a day, 
that would have mm-hmm. been a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, which he, yeah, he didn't get a lot of carries in the first quarter, but he did look fresh. He did look healthy when he was cutting. He was making some nice cuts. Um, Ragsdale was running hard. Offensive line was opening up just enough holes. And like you said, the run game was good. I thought the pass game was was okay. It wasn't bad in the first quarter. You know, Ani was being decisive. He was slinging it. Um, he missed a couple throws, but one was the deep pass to Horton. And did Horton bend it off too soon, or did Ani just miss him? And I don't think, you know, if you're a football savant, or you may know the answer to that. So I don't know the answer to that. But, um, yeah, I, mean, I mean, it was. It, it was a good first quarter. It's hard to know without knowing what they say, right? If you look at the little playbook that says, look, hey, if it's if it's cover two, then you bend it. If it's, you know, cover one, then you just run at them. Then, then you know what they're supposed to do. Um, I mean, typically, the quarterbacks know more than the receivers, especially a receiver that's been new to the receiving. So I, I, I think if you had to place your bets, you can say that's a Kalon Horton problem, uh, you know, and he gets criticized. Uh, it, and it looked to me like you bent it too too early. Uh, but they made up for that a little bit later, uh, and Ani hit him on a beautiful toss. My brother texted me. He's like, wow, he put that right in the basket. And then he followed that up by, like, bouncing the ball to uh, to Varkey's gums. It's one of those things about— So, <laughs> no, hey, hold on a second. Horton was the one that threw that to gums. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're right. You're right. It's my fault. My fault. Um, I, say, I say we. It's all running together, man. So I stand corrected. Um, first quarter was good. You go up 10-7. You get a stop. That's the best part. Like, you hold them on the goal line, right? Goal line stand. The place is quiet. It's, it is something to hear a place as loud as the Alamo Dome that's real echoey. And there were, what, 41,000, or something like that? Uh, so, uh, 412. Yeah, yeah. So, um, four, what is it? Uh, North Texas had about 1,300 people there. And so you say about 40,000 people, 39,000 people, because I think there's some other people who are, like, in change the 1200 was like the allotment um so 40,000 people quiet it is quite something to hear that you hear a little corner over there mean green like uh and then everybody else is just sitting there goal line stand and there was a little nervous energy there and then uh, uh north texas scores um and then you know utsa gets stopped they have to punt you can feel everybody go like um are they gonna go up are they gonna go up 17-7 on us and North Texas does the interception. Um, I, you know, just I would have preferred more running ball there, but it's easy to say that when you know it was an interception. If Shorter, you know, grabs a hold of that, if they call a pass interference or holding or whatever that I saw, then you know we're you're, we're moving the ball or something like that, and then we feel differently about the whole thing. Um, it was good by Blesh. Good by Latrell, good by the players. They came out ready to play. Very often we've criticized those same people I just listed for seemingly being unready for the moment. North Texas came out, they're ready to play. And I think we can commend them for all of that. Run game especially because they um, they didn't feel good about it. We heard in the pregame, little birdie told us that Seth Latrell had looked at the film and he's like, look, there's like 10 players that would have gone for big yards in October, and um, you know that's why we feel good about this. I mean, we 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 can see it. We saw there was it was almost there. There was a lot of times like guy slips, guy falls, wrong this, wrong that. Um, so it was good to see that. And then that's why second quarter we threw that interception or Texas threw that interception. Um, I don't. It, yeah, it would have had to been the second quarter because you had the. The first drive for them was seven plays. Then our drive was 11 plays. Then they had the 19-play, 74-yard drive where we stopped them on the goal line. Um, then, yeah, then we went 43 play, or 14 plays, 93 yards, which was another five minutes. Um, then we forced the punt, um, which, yeah, they, they flipped the field. So we were going um, towards their student section when Ani threw the interception. And... Um, the, the first play of that drive, you know, he ran for six yards. So it was a second down and four. Um, they ran the little action, you know, where he kind of rolls out. And, you know, he had a guy in the flat, which he was open, but he did have defenders 
Right ahead he, of him. he was rolling. Yeah, he was rolling out to his left, and he had defenders coming at him from his left. So he really either should have thrown it away, or I mean, really, that was his only play. I don't think he could have gotten it to that dude in the flat. That would have been a difficult throw for the quarterback. But you know, he threw it sidearm back into a bunch of traffic. It did hit shorter in the hands. He was, you know, shorter. You could have made the argument maybe he was interfered with. Um, but it went through Shorter's hands and then to the defender, um, which intercepted it. So it wasn't wasn't a great pass. But, you know, obviously, look, you know, we had the great goal line stand. We quieted the crowd, like you said. We went the 93 yards. But in a game against UTSA with the offense that they have and Frank Harris and the running game and the wide receivers, you have to – you have to score touchdowns and we, we failed to score a touchdown. Yes, it was a great drive, but still you didn't execute and score a touchdown. Then you get the punt and then you throw the interception. So those that stretch where you didn't execute and convert when you needed to, because you, you wouldn't needed a double digit lead to really hold off this UTSA team. Their, their, their offense was too good and our defense was not good enough to to stop their offense. So I that was a, a key turning point. Yeah, I mean, and that was, like, I wrote two previews about this team, and it's basically the same thing, right? Like, we said, um, on and when I wrote that thing, is that the question when you're trying to stop UTSA's offense is that they'll give you, they'll make some mistakes, you know, but they have so much talent. They got wide receivers. You, you saw that one. I say it's a contrast, right? They're best wide receiver going against our best sealed corner in Ridge Tejada. Tejada breaks on the ball, makes a good play on it. Zachary Franklin, you know, two hands the ball with just his hands, gets a foot down, you know, gets out of bounds. That was a clutch play. That was a shouldn't play, right? Like an average receiver, you're like, oh, well, you know, it was tough. It's kind of hard to catch that. Ball goes out of bounds. You play the next one. I think that might have been a third down. So their best guy making a play. Over our best cover uh, cover corner out there, that means you know they keep the ball. It's how you get 19 play drives. Contrast that with our best receiver, ball goes through his hands. Is it a tough one? Yes. You know, could you know could he have made it? Yeah. Is there excuses why he didn't do it? Yeah. But uh, I think that's the difference there. You know, one you make the catch, you make the play, and then one you don't. Is that a knock on our guy? Not really. It's just saying you know like their guy is good. It's acknowledging the fact. That's why they won back-to-back titles because that dude made catches like that. You can look at that specific receiver's career, and he has a few where he's, like, making a catch. He made one last year in the, against Western Kentucky, one-handed falling in the end zone against their best cover corner, and you're like, wow, you know, what an amazing catch by that dude. That was kind of lucky. Is it luck? It's tattling. He does it all the time. So, hmm. you know, um, that that was always a concern is that North Texas could be perfect and they, they could be – better than perfect in that they're just they got talent they 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 beat you with plays that shouldn't happen right third and 18 the guy scrambles fairly easily for 18 yards um i saw there was criticism of the defensive scheme there and now look i don't know as much about defense as phil bennett has uh you know learned this year you know i mean like the, the guy he knows football uh he knows defense and you know, if you ask me what, how you gonna, how you gonna scheme this up? Also teach it. Also make sure everybody knows it. That is a special, specific skill. And but I not to say I, I didn't love that either. I felt like I liked the spy concept. I didn't see that a whole lot this time. Uh, or but it's also a little harder to see from the press box. Uh, North Texas, they they tried a little twist attack against them. We didn't get to contain on the outside, and then he basically walked it for 18 yards. Super simple. That's always a threat by that guy. He he was on. He played his best game. In October, he missed some passes after some scrambles. Um, you know, he made some mistakes. He didn't um he didn't check the line as often. I asked him this time, I was like, you seem more ready for what North Texas did well last time. Last time they sacked, you know, they sacked you this this, that and the other. It seems like you were ready to scramble when there was a lane. Was that preparation or were you just feeling the game? And he said last time he wasn't as ready for the cover zero blitzes, cover zero pressures that North Texas brought on him. And this time he was. He was more prepared for it. 
and also he had more freedom to check. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. Like UTSA, it seemed like they only ran four, four or five different plays. Like they didn't <laughs> run like a whole, a whole like variation of stuff to yeah. to beat North Texas, right? And so, um, you mentioned that Frank Harris was on. I mean, their entire team was on. Mm-hmm. I mean, they played extremely well. It would have taken a superhuman effort for North Texas to to win that game. Because I mean, the, when when it comes down to Jimmy's versus Joe's, UTSA had the advantage there. I think we all knew that even with the injuries that UTSA had and their lineup, they still had a better roster um, than North Texas going into it. Like they, they had the matchup across most of the board. And so for North Texas, they had opportunities to hang in the game, but I mean, UTSA, there wasn't a, a lot of times where, you know, they, they made mistakes in the game. Like, okay. So Frank Harris almost threw one interception to Deshaun Gaddy. And and that could have been an opportunity for UNT to get into the game, but where, where else was there a mistake that, that they made that could have allowed UNT an opportunity. And, and you didn't really see a lot of those, or at least I didn't see a lot of those. North Texas made a lot of mistakes, but UTSA, they did not make a lot of mistakes. Yeah, and, and that's that was the difference. And you can say, well, we didn't make them make a mistake. I saw some criticism, I said from players, ex-players, that we were reacting. I don't think that North Texas was on the way they were in October. Uh, in that game, I saw them flying around, like flying up to make tackles. In this game, they were just a little bit behind. And credit to UTSA's game plan. One thing I saw was that, you know, you mentioned that UTSA ran only a couple plays. Like A lot of those were like either read options or some read plays. And I think this is why, like, if you look at Frank Harris's line, he threw like, ele- he was 11 for 11 on passes behind the line of scrimmage. That's not, we used to make fun <laughs> of Giovanni Vizza for doing that, you know, uh, and uh, Kid Dodge for just throwing little two-yard passes. Uh, but there's a method to that, right? Like, why wait for your guy to get open when you can throw him the ball now and then he can go run for 10 yards. Like, you might as well, right? That's that's the air raid philosophy. Um, so what they were doing is that they, one, they were running the ball well, right? Uh, was it Kavorian Barnes? That dude um, was a little worried about. He had, I think, the best game I've seen him play. He was super patient running behind his line. And that was a little frustrating. He waited, block, block, block. And then he has the speed to explode through it. And here's another criticism that everybody had: is that North Texas looked slow running. It had, it reminded me of that UNLV game. It reminded me Ooh. of that SMU game where you're like, oh, that guy just needs to cut up. Okay, he's getting run by. All right, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It, you can't. It's, it's not like you can work to get that much faster, right? It's like, well, if you put more time in the gym, then you need to have four two speed. Like we all know that some some things are just natural. So you look at the coaches like, why can't you get a guy that can sprint across the field? You know, whatever. At this point in the season, it's it's ridiculous to talk about recruiting. You have the guys you have, and it's a championship game. These guys are not scrubs, and you can point to the national rankings, whatever. That doesn't mean anything to me. In conference play, North Texas is a pretty solid defense, you know, relative to the conference. And this is for the conference championship. So, you know, that's what it's about. Uh, we saw North Texas play better against this same team that when they throw those little passes to the edge, the way they did in October, North Texas was blowing those up quicker. Now, not as quick. They were a step behind, and I think that was just that was a difference in the game. Uh, you know, you're talking about them making mistakes. That when they're eating it up there, you throw it to the to the side, and the guy runs for six, seven yards. It's easy, right? Now you if uh, yeah, second second and four. Uh, let me run. Oh, the guy gets thirteen yards. Okay, well, first and ten. Let me throw it out to the wing. Get. Uh, tight end, he'll run for uh, you know five six yards. Oh, this is easy. Like it's easy. You don't have to put any pressure on him. It's not really third and twelve, third and ten. Um, you know I mean that kind of stuff. You don't really have to dig deep. But even when we got him into those third down and long situations, we still couldn't get off the field. Like we couldn't yeah. get the pressure on Harris that we needed to, and he was able to find guys just wide open down mm-hmm. the field. It was just it was way too easy. Yeah, we tried, uh, I think it was in those first couple ones, where we tried to get him with cover zero pressures. You could see that happening. And UTSA had that blocked up. And so what you had was Frank Harris standing tall with one-on-one coverage across the board. 
And that's where they succeed. You know, they have Cardenas. Uh, he's a big old tight end and can catch. It's You know, it, it was sort of similar to what North Texas was experiencing in October where um, you had all of UTSA flowing one way and it's Varkis Gums one-on-one. He makes a catch. Truck sticks a guy, touchdown. Um, we, ha- we saw that later. Basically, same thing happened where Cardenas truck stick somebody, uh, got a touchdown. They called it back, but then the next one, it's one-on-one coverage. Tejada slips, touchdown, Zakari Franklin. Uh, Franklin, uh, um, Tejada didn't play his best game. I thought he played the way he plays. He just he wasn't on it on this one. Zakari Franklin was on. I think he danced around Tejada on one of them. Again, a throw to the flat. There was a lot of fake left, throw right. Right. And um I mean it looks like those the classic spread offense bubble screen uh the, the little bubble option where you you do a play action left, right? The running backs flowing left, the whole offense you can see pulling linemen going left side. It it would go right sometimes, just using this as an example. And so Frank Harris is reading, reading, and then he pulls it and he looks back and he throws it to Zachary Franklin, Josh Cephas, whoever it was in the flat. Guys that can run, they can fly. They catch it, and so there's a couple times where North Texas defense is like reacting to it, not like, I'm prepared for this, I know this is coming, and so I'm flying to the ball. They're like, oh, this guy's going to catch it. And then so they do a little stumble. One step is all it takes because it's one second. And so instead of meeting him like at his chest, you're meeting him a yard away, and you try to dive at his feet. He does a dance, touchdown. That's all it takes. And, you know, I think it's unfortunate, all that other good stuff. Um, but like you said, North Texas defense would have needed more stops. And I don't think that North Texas offense scored 27 points, which I don't think is bad, uh, can score at that kind of clip to get what they needed. They needed stops. I don't. Those stops didn't come. The two stops they got in the first quarter, North Texas had a lead. After that, North Texas didn't get a stop, uh, except if you want to call that field goal one a stop. Yeah, <clears throat> UTSA also dominated time of possession, 37 minutes to 22 minutes. And and I thought that the North Texas offense, when they were at their best, was when they were moving quickly. Yeah. When they were in their, their super fast, hurry-up offense. Like I mean, they were hitting plays. They were moving the ball efficiently. And even though that they were down 14 points, double digits at that point, you still felt okay because they were moving so fast. They were hitting – five to seven yards of run. And so you could still run it later in the game. Um, but so it just looked like overall the defense for North Texas got worn down. Um, UTSA was balanced. They had a great game plan. They executed and their players were just better. Yeah, it, it was uh, a perfect storm. And that's, that's what trailer said. And I say that he was like, they played perfect game. Um, you know, like just to make, you know, offense <laughs> execute game plan, defense execute game plan, uh, you know, kicking the ball, tackling the ball. Um, I, I don't think he's that wrong. Uh, like North Texas was just, I would say that was about 85 to 90% of the best North Texas that I've seen. Like, you know, like it was sort of a range. Um, we've seen better, and then they didn't, North Texas didn't really have it, but there was a lot of good from this North Texas squad. Um, but, yeah, it could have been better. They, they, Especially late, like there was two sequences that late second quarter and then obviously late fourth quarter, where they just looked like the worst version of North Texas. Right? <laughs> yeah, like, I, I know you were criticizing the, the time management, game management stuff. Um, like, yeah, it's so the idea, the idea behind deferring to the second half is that you can steal a possession at the end of the second quarter, right? Like you want to get a stop, maybe you score a touchdown, a field goal, whatever it is, and you get the ball back. So you don't need to get a stop. You just, you know, like that's how it works. But I think twice uh, that I can think of, I think the other one was like against uh, UAB. North Texas just, you end up giving them another possession. Like North Texas had the ball, but you had the ball to kneel it down. So you you don't even have the ball, right? Um, and then like, what was it? The, I know there was a call, the, like the delay of game penalty, where they were like, you know, we had two seconds, we could have snapped it, whatever. I think that it's stupid. Why are you going down to two seconds on the first play of a possession? You should have the play call ready to go. Get out there, execute it, be ready to play. And 
Yeah, North Texas yeah, tried so, to close so the way. Like, Go ahead. I mean, you're you're at that moment. You have you I, I, like you're set to trump, right? You get the delay a game, so now you're already five yards behind. You know, starting point. There's what there was like forty. There was like a minute left, or something yeah, like that. Yeah. You you saw UTSA had all three of their timeouts, and you're and you're like thinking in your mind, I get the ball to start the second half. I cannot give the ball back to UTSA with all of their timeouts. Or, you know, I'm going to make them at least use all three. And if I have to punt the ball away, then at least they don't have any of their timeouts, right? But instead, you come out, your first call was the draw play to see, like, hey, can we get something going? And, and you couldn't. But then it looked, did North Texas, did they take a timeout after that? No, it was, it was, it was UTSA taking it. No, UTSA only took one timeout because when we punted, they had two timeouts left, and they had the ball near midfield. Because yeah, we threw an incomplete pass or something, right? Is that what happened? Yeah, that's what it was. We threw the, the incomplete pass, and then we ran the next play, which then they took their timeout. Yeah. So it's just like you, you got to take your losses if you're Seth the Troll, right? you you got to try and minima- minimize the damage at the end of the half there and, yeah. and, and hope that maybe your defense doesn't give up extra points. But, I, I mean, it's just – it was just so bad. Yeah, it's at that point. I mean, again, and you're you're, you're kind of we, we know that the UTSA went down and scored. And I mean, again, one was Tahada slipping, right? They go up 24-10. But at that point, it's seventeen ten, and so it's not a terrible spot. You get the ball, you can go score. And North Texas did go score, right? So that would have been tied up. Um, what I think I think the criticism is like either run the clock out or go for broke. But don't do half of one and half of the other, and I think that's what you're saying. Is that what I'm hearing? Am I hearing that right? Like, why? Like, if you're gonna throw the ball, throw a a completeable pass, so that way you can run the clock. You know, like I get that you want to say, let's see if we can be aggressive. You know, let's see if we can get something. But you either want to save clock or or let it go. And if you're if you're saving clock, then you run the risk of UTSA being able to drive down the field. It wasn't like UTSA needed clock anyways because they burnt number yeah. 25 right down the middle of the field. So <laughs> yeah. um, I think they, they, they got the ball back with 26 seconds and scored a touchdown. Yeah. And I mean, 30 so, seconds left. Yeah. And so it's doable. You can score, you can drive that way down the field. But like North Texas is not built to throw against like zone coverage that way. That Austin Ani, for all of his positives, he threw 32 touchdowns at the single season touchdown record. Um, he's not built to say, let's spread the field, give me the ball, I will pick them apart, I will find my guys, 15 here, 12 there, 17 there, and we'll go down the field. I'll take what they give him. That's not on his game. His game is play action or his RPO stuff, but it's still play action, right? Play action. Find a guy one-on-one coverage, throw it where they ain't, or throw it up in the air and let you let my guy go catch it, and that's that's how we move the ball. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's fine, but I think in certain situations it's not as strong, right? Our best offense is running the ball and then playing play action on that. When you got 37 seconds left in the game, and they're sitting in a prevent, if you're not able to get uh, a gashing run for 15 yards then your chances of scoring are, are pretty pretty low. And, I mean, so, you know, that's it. I think that, yeah, we can criticize South the Shell for that one. The defense, I mean, you got to stop a team. you got to do a better job of not on <laughs> a touchdown with 20 seconds left. Yeah, you, you, you know, they had the touchdown to the tight end. Yeah. That got, he ran over a dude, which is a missed tackle. Then it gets called back for an illegal block in the back, which it wasn't an illegal block in the back. It was maybe a hold. But yeah. it was still, um, it was pretty weak call. And either way, it, lo- it looked like a hold. So we'll say the referees were right. But then the very next play, you give up a bomb right down the middle. Number twenty-five just gets burnt. It's just like, what, what, what are we doing? What are we doing? Yeah, I mean, I think that was later. But that, that uh, it's oh, all, it's all the same because it, it, it's because I thought the end of half was the Franklin touchdown along the sideline where where twenty-six slipped to hottest slip, but. You're right in that they are the same kind of thing, is that there's a certain point where North Texas was unable to, to stop those kinds of things. I think 
why did we have one on one on the side there? Um, like we we usually like little quarters coverage, um, and you know which is a little bit better at present, prevent keeping everything in front of you. You still got to win those battles. In October, no Texas was able to. This time, no, and a lot of that was because we couldn't get to, we couldn't get to Harris. I think once you're unable to stop somebody, you start, you know, like you just open yourself up. You you said 19 plays in the first quarter drive. That took a lot out of a lot of dudes. Um, they were able to sub, and I think Rod Brown was instrumental in getting a stop along the goal line. But after that, you're just kind of, you're everybody's gassed, and that's another reason why everybody's like, you know, two seconds behind everybody, two steps behind. Yeah. And, and you're right, Tejada, I'm sorry, it wasn't 25 that got burned. It was, Tejada slipped there. But still, like, if you're Phil Bennett, why are you letting your your corners, who have already struggled early in this game, to be one-on-one like that? At the, it, You know, you should have been in, you know, cover four. You should have had safety help over the top. Like, we are not going to get beat over the top in this. Uh, you know, we're going to force them to kick a field goal. But instead, you you know, you leave your, your corners out on an, an island there. So. Yeah, I mean, those kinds of things, I think, are, it's tough. I wonder about that, like, you know, because what do you do? You think about Phil Bennett's situation. He's like, well, these are my best corners. Uh, these are my horses that have rode in to this point. They've done good for me. They've done good in practice. Um, what are my options? Do I got a bench guy? Is he going to come in and execute the scheme? I mean, there's a reason no, he's I, not he's on the bench. You know what I mean? So I, I, you put safeties over the top, but then we're just basically saying you can just slice us up underneath. I don't know. Which I think that's situational football. Yeah. Yes, slice us up underneath, but we're going to make a tackle, and you're going to kick a field goal. And and instead of being us down 24 to 10 and a half, we're down 21 to 10 and a half. Yeah. Yeah, right? it. at that point, yeah, yeah, I agree. I think we're, 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 we're talking about different situations again, but yeah. At that point, you're right. Why is there one-on-one coverage uh, with 20 seconds left? And then, but later on, when they drove after North Texas cut it to seven, um, you know, like, I mean, that's the other part. I think 25 was the was the cover safety. He was the safety over the top, and then he went over the top. He got sucked in and got ball watching. Um, North Texas got beat. I, I think Phil Bennett didn't coach up his best game. I think his guys got. I mean, the obviously there was like five hundred something yards offense against them, uh, allowed forty eight points. Yeah, like I wrote in the in the recap five hundred and seventy one. Yeah, in in the recap I wrote there was a lot. It was almost and too late, right? It, there was a lot of that. And we're saying it right now. Uh, oh, if he got there a second sooner. Oh, Todd didn't slip. Oh, if uh, this guy just had a you know longer hand and he could have blocked the pass. Oh, if Gaddy would intercept the ball. A lot of that. And, you know, that means second best, you know. You're almost as good enough to compete and be in the game with the the best team in the conference. I mean, congratulations to UTSA. There's a lot of stuff about them that I think that is uh, uh, good. Like, they got a lot of support out there. 41000 for a championship game. It's two years in a row they've done that. Um, the lot of enthusiasm. The tailgate scene was, you know, was loud and whatever i don't think there's as many people tailgating as there was last year from what i remember uh but you know lot, lots of support um a lot of the city is jumping up and happy to support them and uh, they were criticizing a lot of the north texas traveling party but i think we all know why that is like south of trail it's hard to get excited about this stuff when south of trail is now zero and seven in postseason games uh the championship game is not necessarily postseason but it's postseason um you know, zero and seven, and then they got blown out in this one. Like, was it closer for a lot of the time? Yes, but like you said, five hundred seventy-one yards to three hundred sixty-six yards. I think that tells you who was moving the ball. What if it felt like a blowout? So, yeah, on, on the drive home, I kept thinking to myself, like it was a championship-level effort across the board. Like the fans, the students, the game day experience, the players, the coaches, like everybody was on top of their game for UTSA and yeah. and it showed. Yeah. Uh so I I think yeah, it North Texas like we they brought the alumni thing, they had it at the Sky Bar, good attendance, Mason Fine was there, you know. Um I didn't see, you know, some of the other prominent alums. There's a lot of people that are like, I don't want to go, it's going to hurt. I'm going to go down there, I'm going to get disappointed, that kind of thing. Um, but I thought North Texas had 
solid support. They had the band there. The band was, was good and all that stuff. Um, so what does it mean? I think that's the, the second question everybody has. What does this mean? Should we fire this guy? Um, you know, so should, what's going to happen? I think should you fire Seth Luttrell and will they fire Seth Luttrell are two different questions. One is like, do you think that North Texas can do better than going 0-7 in the championship game? I think yes. Is Seth the trail the guy that, to make that change? I think I can see that. I can I can see him doing that. Do I think it's likely? No. And I think the big thing is that you got a lot of people that are not ready to spend money with North Texas. You know, and I think that's a a large component of being a head coach. And you talked about, you know, championship level effort. One thing that I think Jeff Trailer does very well, and it's it's easier to do when you're winning, right? It, is sell the program. It's harder for Seth the Trail to sell the program when you know he's like, "Yeah, we're gonna go to bowl game." I'm like, "Yeah, what's the, oh yeah, we got blown out in four of the five bowl games, and like I think four of them are the worst loss in in that bowl game's history, <laughs> right?" Frisco classic yeah. Myrtle Beach Bowl got ran over by 500 yards by App State like those kinds of things that, that's not really selling the program now Jeff Trailer and him they hadn't won a bowl game they went to a bowl game last year and they got they, they lost right so do you need a bowl game to win no you don't but at some point you kind of do they're like you know I don't like getting blown out in these games you tell me to watch you send me emails trying to take my money tell me to go out here and travel and then we lose we get blown out that's not as fun as you think it is guys you know so. Yeah, I think the one thing, like, you're talking about Seth Luttrell, can it change? The things that we've seen from him, he's had how many years now at North Texas? Seven. Seven, seven years? Yeah. So the in-game management stuff has not gotten better over time. So I don't th- – and, th- and that's going to be one of the things that helps him win these bigger games. Like, you have to be – a great in-game coach to win some of these if you're not going to have the high-level players like a UTSA does. The second thing is um, for Seth Luttrell, right, you have to credit him, I think, on, on what he is as a coach. He's not a seller of a program, but he's never lost a team. Like, he's yeah. never lost a locker room. He's kept them – together and I, I don't think a lot of fans you know appreciate that right there, there's been times you know like the one in five season and then they get back to a bowl game you know it's a credit to Seth Luttrell and his staff for keeping everybody on the same page not having a huge mutiny you know yes he's lost transfer players um, but he's still been able to be con- a consistent winner but it's also okay as a UNT fan to expect better right we you know we we should you know you're getting paid extreme amount of money for a G5 coach, you should be able to win some of these postseason matchups. You should look respectable. You should be able to sell the program. And so we're kind of in football purgatory right now, right? We, we don't have an athletic director. Hmm. So can we actually get rid of this guy? And, you know, what, what exactly is the plan? You know, as you know, somebody mentioned that the president, you know, maybe he's going to retire. So what I, we're just kind of in limbo. We got a coach on a one-year contract going into next year. He's going to probably struggle to recruit or to get those game-changing players, right? He needs a quarterback. He needs his own Frank Harris. Is he going to be able to get that? I don't know. I mean, again, it, everybody's going to recruit negative against him. Like, hey, that guy's only going to be there for a year. Yeah. And he could win that next year a lot and then leave if he doesn't get you know the extension. He may be winning a lot during the season and say, you know what? I'm not going to sign your extension because I know I'm going to have a better offer down the road. I'm going to leave. You wouldn't give it to me then. So uh, we're just kind of stuck right now and it sucks. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's the same kind of deal, right? Like it, it, it just replicating itself up the, up the chain is that Austin is not a bad quarterback. He can, you know, and he said, I, I, was, I was telling my brother this. I mean, I, I went to go see him, right? He was, uh, he had a little surgery, so we were, I was visiting him. And uh, I was like, yeah, I mean, you know, he didn't keep up with North Texas as much. But I was like, you know, filling him in. Who better than Mean Green Nation publisher, editor? I was like, uh, yeah, Asanani, 
he's he's single season touchdown record guy. He throws a, it'll be a play. He'll throw the most beautiful pass. You say we saw it to Kalen Horton. You're like look at that. That dude put him in the NFL, right? And then he'll throw another one. You're like, what are you thinking, guy? What's going on here? You know, like <laughs> how are you? And then he was like, yeah, you know, I was watching him late. He was watching him later. He was like, yeah, he has no mid-range, man. It's just like rockets no matter where, you know. And like, yeah, it's a rocket down the field, rocket to your face when you're three yards away. <laughs> it's hard, you know. It's like, and, you know, it, it, it's uh, – um, so you get to a point where you're like, okay, well, that's what we have. Can they get to, to a Conference USA championship game? Yes, it can. It, it did. You can win some. You can set some records with that. But what does it mean, ultimately, right? Seth Luttrell, similar. You can have a lot of offenses. You got some shaky defenses. You know, uh, there's no mid-range in there. And, you know, there's no subtle. There's no, like, take a, a good team, make them great. Take a mediocre team, make them good. It's just like, you're going to get what you're going to get. And is that good enough to get you two championship games? Yes. Is it good enough to get you two bowl games? Yes. You're going to win them? Doesn't look like it. Uh, at least that's the demonstrated history. And, uh, you know, like, I think the, the one criticism a lot of people have of Ren Baker was that he never made a decision on that. And knowing what I know about the University of North Texas, having been an alum and covered it for uh, however many years I've been doing this, is that it's difficult. There's not a whole lot of resources there. And a lot of people think there's a lot of re- – and all G5, right? Like, UTSA had to, had to scramble. They got to get donations. They had to get free parking. They got free tickets to a bunch of – bunch of kids to help fill it out that it's not easy right to do this and um um you can't just go up and fire like you said when seth trails winning you're like let's put our chips on this guy because if he's great we want to make sure we get all the good on him but if he's bad then we're gonna be in a tough spot he wasn't either he was in the middle and so what do you say you're like well we it's hard to get out of this contract we have to really know that he's bad you fire this guy pay all this money you don't have a whole lot of money to pay the next guy and then you know where we're going to be in that situation that next guy is going to want a similar amount of money so we're going to be in a lot of debt we also have you know like it's, we're going to be asking donors tapping them up we're already tapping them up to build a facility to build whatever maybe we build the indoor facility maybe we build this we build that fix up the weight room and then that helps our our court our our, uh, our coach become a better version, right? Maybe we get that. That's where the investment is. Instead of firing, starting over, we build the stuff, and then this guy wins with it. Maybe that's the deal. And you're like, I, I don't know, but I think you're right on all the negative recruiting stuff. We're coming up to it. We're waiting. We're delaying that decision. And I think whatever it's going to be, you have to go all in. It's like, well, Seth, that was a great run. We're going to give you the Doc Holiday version of this and fire you. I don't know that Marshall has come out better in that situation than than they would have. You know, I I don't know. I didn't really follow them this year, but they didn't look too great last year. Yeah, they they got an upset over Notre Dame, but then they followed it up losing. Nobody really cares. They're sort of yeah. in a purgatory now after after firing them. Um, is is like FAU? They fired Willie Taggart. He didn't want to go in there. Now they got a uh, uh, what's his face Tom Herman there. Yeah. Yeah. There's some questions about that too. Like you know, like. The the positive about North Texas, about Seth Trail, like you said, he's a good dude. There's no, you know, he was over here saying this or, or stepping out on his wife over here. He's not bringing scandal to the program. And so at some point you got to say, is that good enough? Is that what we want in North Texas? I mean, I think I don't think it's unreasonable to say, don't bring scandal and bring wins. Can we have find that? <laughs> you know what I mean? That's okay. I don't think it's got to be uh, a Hugh Freeze or, 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 you know, a choir boy over here. I mean, I don't think those are the options. Yeah, I think, like, Seth Luttrell, his, his demeanor and how he presents himself to the fan base after games, like, and press conferences and stuff, like, it's gotten to the point where it's rubbing people the wrong way. Like, he's extremely arrogant. It seems like he's <laughs> arrogant about himself. Right. And so I think that plays into how people feel about him. Like, like you're not telling us anything in a press conference, which rarely do coaches do, except if you're like Jeff trailer, right. You could see like, even if they would have lost that game, he, the dude still would have been selling the program in yeah. the press conference. It would have been a different demeanor. than you get the same old tired look from Seth Luttrell saying the same things, three phases, 
all that crap that people just, they don't want to hear, but he feels like, look, I don't have to tell you anything. Like I don't have to. And yeah, I think you're right. He, he doesn't see the value of that. Like, like, you know, you don't have to be the CEO type coach, but you have a bully pulpit. If you go up there, you can say anything, right? Like whatever you say, then maybe it'd be frustrating. I'm like, man, I asked you about, you know, the play call on fourth and one, and you're over here telling me about facilities or whatever. But that's the time to sell it. Like, it don't have to be you're going in living rooms all the time. You can be like, you know what? In North Texas, we believe in aggression. And, uh, you know, it's whatever. You sell. You tell the whole story. It, the guy was, uh, uh, Trailer was talking about NIL opportunities, this, that, and the other. I think Trailer, uh, Skip Holtz, uh, Butch Davis to some effect, um, and some of these other guys, they're just, they're great to listen to. And it's a little intoxicating. You're like, you know what? I'm just sitting here kind of nodding like, yeah, yeah, that's a great story you're telling me. And I'm like, wait, tell me, didn't I ask you a question? I don't even know if you <laughs> answered that question. You tell me about the time you Dallas Cowboys and whatever. Like, but you can see that that's what you need. That, you know, how, if you need somebody to, to get along with people, you want somebody to sit down and spin you a yarn, a little Bobby Bowden, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I, I would love to sit with Bobby Bowden and let him tell a bunch of stories like that. I'd have a good old time. Bobby Bowden so, was great. You hired coordinators to do the thing. You know, was it uh, Mark Richt? That's why they were winning titles. Uh, well, Bobby Bowden was spinning tails. Good. So is the coach, like, is Seth Luttrell the version of himself that, with the team, like, how much different is that than the version that we get to see in, in the public eye? And can he take that, ver- like, but the where we are as a fan base, we need the version of Seth Luttrell that keeps the team together when they're losing games and not playing well. We need that version to come out now because – uh, it's it's an important time. Like you you have one year on your contract. Give us a reason to extend you to to let us know that everything's going to be okay. And we're yes we're struggling, but you know we're going to take this program to the next level. And this is exactly how we're going to do it. And it's not just the three phases type of bullshit, right? Like, <laughs> like we we need some of that that Seth the Trail like swagger. I would say. I mean, without knowing, you get little glimpses here and there, is that he's a one-on-one kind of person, I think. Like, I mean, you know, he's kind of talking to football people in a football thing, and he, he has a little air of authority there. They, well, if he says it, then they, they got to do it. Um, you know, I like a lot of what Seth Luttrell does, and I think some of it is it's only good in relation to football, right? Like, you know, he doesn't like to scream at the players and they come off the field. He's not grabbing anybody by a face mask and yelling at them. He's not showing up any of his coaches, that kind of stuff. And I think that goes a long way to building the kind of relationships and, and like, love for Seth Luttrell there. But it doesn't really mean anything to somebody at a press conference. If you're watching him on Zoom, that doesn't come across. It just looks like he's not a- answering a question or giving you the same pat answer. And some of that sometimes is him protecting his players, right? Like, he's just saying, well, we got to be better in all three phases. What does that mean? Well, that's saying, uh, yeah, the offense sucked. Uh, our defense got sliced up. We got to be better. You know, he's not going to call out, you know, 25. Like, man, that dude was not good. Uh, <laughs> you know, but whatever. I was like, all that stuff, there's just a lot of emotion in that, and I get him trying to do that. You have to find a way. It doesn't, I'm not saying you have to, like, the options are protect your players or call them out. Like, man, saw that dude out there, he got, he got smoked. We're going to cut him after this game. Like, he's not going to do that. That's fine. I, I don't, we're not asking him to do that. But I think there is some kind of duty. Because it's entertainment. If you're not entertained by this, why do we have you? Like, that kind of stuff. You're not only leading the football team, the players on the team committed and going to class, but you're leading the overall program, right? You're leading the fans because they got to figure out, do I care about this? Like You set that message, and then they, they, you got people repeating it, right? Nick Saban's out here saying stuff, and you got the you know the guy that works at the the gas station saying some Nick Sabanisms. Uh, well, you know, like you got to be for the process, whatever. That's how you. It's how it happens, right? That's how you become a fan and extend the fan base. You got to say what is what do we believe in in North Texas, and then you go forth and and tell the good news, preach the gospel of North Texas, right? He's got to he's got to take the three phases of football. And he's got to convert it into like the three phases of life. Right? Yeah, that's that's I mean, what he's got. As I'm saying, something <laughs> like that. Like I, I think, look, I think the two one zero thing. I think that's corny as hell. Uh, but it's not selling to me. 
I'm I'm not 20 years old, and you didn't pick me out of St. Augustine, whatever, and say, you know, let me tell you about this. But you're like, wow, I, nobody ever told me about hard work and family, whatever, before. <laughs> this is amazing. I believe I'm going to make this bedrock of my life, whatever. I have my core values, and they have been, long, you know, whatever. That, that's not the thing. It's not for me to care. Uh, but you can see it. It's like even some of the lames that cover UTSA, they're out there saying, well, you know, we've got the culture pillar. It's like, whatever. You don't work for this guy. You know what I mean? You're talking about culture <laughs> pillar. Shut up. Um, what, whatever. I think it does have an effect. You're right. Um, and when you're losing, you can't get away with that. You can't be arrogant. You can't be, you can't come off as arrogant. You gotta, you gotta sympathize with the people, right? Like it's, it's, they're going to be mad. And you got to you gotta be, like I said, there's lots of ways to do it. You can come off as a fatherly figure. You know, you can be out there. He's like, I know we're mad. I know you're upset. And I want to say that's okay. It'd be upset. <laughs> I'm upset with you. I'm right there. I feel it. You got to go get some hugs. You got to go on a the, on the post-game show and talk about it. You got to show some hurt. Why? Why? So that way people are like, all right, he cares as much as I care, this guy. You know what I mean? And he's sort of doing something. You got to make those silly promises. Like, you know what, North Texas? fans we're gonna make this better i promise to you seth i know his middle name seth w latrell right seth q latrell i'm out here and i will work hard you're gonna look at me T- take a selfie of you in the in the in the coach's room at 3 a.m on a sunday like, i'm looking at this film we're gonna figure it out we're gonna fix it now nah, then you just go home and go watch some netflix whatever but like as long as he's doing the things it makes everybody feel a little bit better that goes a long way to making it easier when they come up when the when the next AD says, "All right, it's time to open up your wallets, y'all." Uh, it's a seven hundred dollar deposit so that we can get on the list to give a five hundred dollar deposit to get a seat where you get rained on. Is everybody excited about that? And you're like, uh, you know, that's that's the time to do it. Next AD, we need you to contribute in the three phases of North Texas <laughs> financially. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we haven't figured it out. We'll work on it. Hey, look, uh, Neil Smasters, you want to, I'll go gladhead some people. I'll tell them that's the greatest thing I ever see. Hey, Dylan Loveless, you know what? I love your tweets, and uh, you're great. Well, yeah, we'll go watch Kenny Chesney or something like that. I'll go sit with you out here at this game, and, uh, you know, and then I'll I'll be ready. I have a hand that's ready to accept checks, you know? Old mm-hmm. um, so, all right. What, what is it? I don't think it's bad, like, I, I don't if if the next AD whoever that may be if it's Smasterisk and he says look I recognize the perils of having a coach uh, in a lukewarm position we're gonna sign this dude to a four year contract and we're gonna front load it a little bit and make it make it super easy for us to cut bait if we have to and and that's it right a little bit of that Jim Harbaugh deal right Jim Harbaugh got one of those deals he was in a similar place. Or they're like, look, uh, you ain't been winning against Ohio State, our rival. You haven't been win- winning Big Ten championships. You have one of the biggest contracts in, in the nation. And, you know, if we're paying you, like, top tier, we weren't getting top tier results. And we love you. We know you love Michigan. Uh, but here's this kind of contract. He was insulted, as all competitors are. And he said, you know what, fine. He changed his program around. And they've won back-to-back, uh, you know, Big Ten titles, back-to-back uh blowouts of Ohio State and the college football playoff again. I think that's the kind of result, the response you want from your head coach when you sort of insult him that way. Yeah, that, that's it. You can tell him, Seth, look, dude, look, 0-7. 0-7 in postseason games. And if you tell me it's hard here, I don't want to hear it. Your job is to do it, not to complain about it, right? You do it or don't. You don't want to do it. If it's too hard for you, leave. You're going to do it, you shut up and do it. Right, you execute and you go win. What do you need to win? Right, what will get you what you need to win or what you think you need to win? Right, you need some within reason. We're not gonna get you a helicopter to go recruit somebody, but whatever it is, what we'll figure it out. We gave you indoor stadium, indoor practice facility. We gave you better weight rooms. What you want, gilded weights? I don't know, man. You let me know. You let me know what you need. Right, that that's that's it. I think for the most part, North Texas is giving them that kind of stuff. Uh, what we need is is something else. I, yeah, it, that's that's where we are. I don't say give give him one of those uh, hardball contracts. I think that's the way to go because I don't know if you're gonna get another AD in the time it takes to make a decision on his future that won't affect the program negatively 
in the short term. Right. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about basketball. They, they won last night against a powerhouse that is Nebraska-Omaha, right? I don't know what you think mm-hmm. co- college basketball, you think Nebraska-Omaha, you know? I know you did. <laughs> yeah, but look, they played good. Um, sluggish start to the first half. Um, nobody was, you know, they started off the game hitting a three. ED hit a three. And then the, both teams proceeded to miss the next 21 threes. <laughs> um, and then they started off the second half with ED hitting a three. And um, then it just opened the floodgates because Martinez, he hit four threes. A stone hit two threes, and if stone hits two threes in a game, you know you know it's over. You know it's over. Um, but really, I, I think the biggest story was the front court um, between Usman, who played probably his best game this year, um, and uh, Scott and Martinez. They both, or all three of them, Usman had he had 19 points and eight rebounds. Scott had 11 points and nine rebounds, and Martinez off the bench had 13 points and six rebounds and three assists. Um, the front court just you know they they dominated. They played well. Um, Perry didn't play well. He wasn't 100. percent Don't know what was exactly his ailment. Whether he was sick, his knee was bothering him, something I, I don't know. He he just he didn't look himself right, and so hopefully he's able to to get back and get back to, to scoring because he was he was passing up a lot of shot opportunities that he normally takes. Um, but yeah, so they, they that that second half was the best half of basketball that they played. Their their defense still in the first half was great. Their defense in the second half was great too. So um, it was it was good to see them to play that way of offensively and, and really. You don't, um, we don't have to be great offensively. We just have to be efficient, right? That one point per possession is kind of what you're looking at. And if we can hit that, our defense is going to keep us in most games, right? So I think we'll, we'll see. They've got some tougher games coming up. They go to UTA this week. They got Grand Canyon, Massachusetts. Those are all tough games that should challenge them and challenge uh, their offense. And, and so for me, it's just like, can we avoid the stretches of, of not scoring for five minutes? Right. Can, and, and in those stretches, I want them to go to Usman more. Right. I I think this team is, is number four in the country. It's top four in their points that they get from the three point line. Like they're, they're too, they rely too much on three pointers and yes, they do have good three point shooters and those three point shooters have been struggling. Right. And, and it was good to see Martinez hit shots and 80 hit shots and stone hit them. Um, but they still, this, this team needs to go back to what a McCaslin team is, which it's get the ball in the paint first and then go from there. And, and sometimes they forget about Usman. They didn't last night. And the big man found his his touch. He was extremely efficient around the rim. He was knocking down his little baby hook shots. And and that's where this team is. If Usman is scoring, if if he's good around the rim, then their offense becomes really tough to stop. Yeah, I think um, you know, like this is like what's the value plan of team that, that you're clearly better than, right? Like what is it? I think to me it's about establishing a rhythm. You have more room for error. And so that your shots are a little bit more wide open. And I think it's good for building confidence. And it's not confidence in the way that it's like, you know, I didn't think I could shoot, coach. And now I can shoot all day. It's not like that, right? These guys are confident. They're confident basketball players. But you want to see the ball go in within the offense. And then that helps you when it's a tougher time, right? Like if you hadn't seen the ball go in, it just it starts kind of like, you know what? I don't know if, like, you know, like, is this a good shot? You start questioning things, start getting in your head. So you see it. You can see four of them go down for what's the face, right? And we're talking about that. Yeah, we need him to hit those. That's about his clip. He shoots about four a game throughout his career. He makes about two of them, right, two, three, whatever it is. Um, And so he's like, okay, I'm back to myself. This feels good. This feels like me. It goes a long way to uh, helping him do that against better teams, teams that that close out quicker. That, you know, 
uh, this, that, and the other. You just you feel it. Um, and I mean, if you don't believe me, go play pickup. You do the same thing right there. You just go stand still. You're gonna go miss a bunch, and you go hit a few. You're like, okay, I got it. You know, this is my shot. I feel comfortable shooting a shot. It's about that kind of stuff. Um, so I think that's good. That's why you beat up on Nebraska Omaha. You kind of find the rhythms that are there, and you're ready to play a good team. Um, and you know, I, I said, I'm not joking. Well, I am joking, but I'm not joking that much. We play rec league soccer. And then you can see it. It's like there's, we have a couple of people that have never played before, and they're like, I don't know what to do. We play them bad teams, and then they they get the ball and they feel good. They got all this confidence, and we played like the best team in the league. I had a bunch of college players on there, and then I passed it to the again our worst player. After having played a couple and let them build up a little confidence, they're over there doing looking like Neymar out there. And I was like, look at this guy, look at that, look at that. They're real proud of them out there. It look, confidence helps you. Yeah, ninety percent of your your six listeners to this. <laughs> don't know who Neymar is. I'm just yeah. saying. Look, and that's a problem for them, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> a problem for them. <laughs> Neymar oh is a great uh, player. He's a world, uh, worldly known player. All right, so here's. I'm Does gonna... he play for Ted Lasso's team? <laughs> Ted Lasso has a fake team. You know what? I don't like that show. Yeah, I think it's corny. But well, that's me. Oh, that's my problem. Here's, here's, here's another thing. So. Um, is it two two quick stories? I told these on Twitter about something right now, just quick ones. Um, once I was in line, and there was a guy who was like, hey, no, Mean Green, huh? I like that Arnie guy. He's throwing his little sidearm passes. So I was in line to get in the plane. I was like, oh, yeah, you know, like, uh, you know, we're talking about the game. So the, the kid went to UTEP, uh, and, you know, he was going to visit family, him and his wife and whatever, um, and they were talking about the man. I gave him stickers. They were like, yeah, go Mean Green. I was, I was rooting for you guys. I didn't, you know. There's a little bit of a support for, for North Texas there outside of the which a lot of people don't like UTSA. They may be building up that big bully reputation or something. Uh, the second one is I was washing my hands once I landed at home. I went to the, air, you know, to, the, to, the, to the men's room. And there was a guy in there brushing his teeth. And then so I come back and wash him. And he's like, you out here recruiting? I was like, oh. I, look, I realized I was wearing the green, green polo. I was like, oh, no. I, I was at the... North Texas uh, UTSA Conference Championship game. He's like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. I was there. And I looked at his beanie, and it had the little Northwestern logo. I was like, you're recruiting, huh? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm out here recruiting. I was like, oh, yeah, who are you looking at? And then he told me the guy, some defensive tackle. He's like, he's already committed to us, but I got to go say hi, and, you know, greet the family, that kind of stuff. But yeah, I mean, it's a grind doing the, the recruiting stuff. You got to be out there by yourself, that kind of stuff. It. You know it's a grind if the dude was brushing his teeth in the airport. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I just <laughs> that that is the recruiting life. Like, you know, and he was, you know, he said goodbye that kind of stuff. I said good luck. Um, you know, here's the thing. People want to be kid coaches. They like this stuff and they sort of like the grind. And there's other jobs that are tough and they're hard and all that other stuff. I'm just saying, give a little consideration when you think about that. Be a little bit human. Is that it does kind of suck. You got to hop on a plane. When everybody else is sitting at home watching the game, maybe doing a little barbecue or something like that, the guy's on a plane to the middle of nowhere to go to go glad hand a family, and you know it sucks. It, it, it's necessary, but it's not it's not super fun. You gotta go out there and uh, it's like, oh yeah, this uh, this these chitlins are great. Uh, these are you know, and maybe they ain't so great. But you gotta he say bought, great. He bought his ticket. He chose his path. I'm not gonna feel that sorry. Yeah, I'm saying it's like look. Yeah, he uh, he he did all that, but have a little human. You know what? Sometimes maybe the path that you chose one to one. That you, you know what? I could have been a dentist. <laughs> I you know I, maybe dentistry wouldn't be so bad right now. Here I am at the airport, and I got to go drive over here and just kind of hang out. Maybe that's not so great. And brush my teeth in an airport bathroom. <laughs> Again, that yeah. okay. Well, was it like uh, the Daryl Dickey got fired? Uh, he didn't get fired. He was out recruiting, and then his head coach left. Uh, it was Todd, Todd Graham, right? And so he was like, uh, so should I go recruit or what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what? <laughs> like he found out about it as he's at the airport and he's like, you, you know, walking to the, to the terminal or something like that. So, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of reasons why you want to do a good job, be a good human, because, uh, I mean, you can't suck you in a spot like that. Now, none of that to say these guys are, have the toughest gig in the world. I'm just saying. Um, all right, ladies and gentlemen, we're done with the Mingri Nation podcast this episode at least. Uh, this is episode like 184 or something like that. Uh, thanks for listening. I saw a lot of people, um, you know, at the tailgate here and there. 
Uh, they said thanks for doing the show, all that good stuff. I want you to thank Greg too for jumping on here, um, and you know helping to cover the game. Also doing the show, uh, the preview and this one. Thanks, Greg. And uh, you know, like if you yeah. haven't, go ahead. Sorry, you're gonna say something. Our uh, our your uh, government official over there, Aldo, employees <laughs> is slacking. I mean, he's supposed to be doing the football stuff. <laughs> Like people tune in to hear him do the football stuff. Where's this man? I thought he was going to be here this morning and he's not here. Uh, what it is, is next man up, you know, that kind of thing. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. So, no, right, so look. Basically, I'm the second team football person. <laughs> I get it. All right. That's cool. That's cool. And I'm, see, I'm fine with that. That's... A backup is a good life to live sometimes. <laughs> we'll call you Jace Ruder. Or you, call you, or you Gunnell. You Gunnell. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah. So. We are trying to improve all this stuff. We do appreciate the feedback. You can send an email. If you got questions about it, I know I got a lot of questions about it. I know that people cared about North Texas football this late in the season because they were caring about the Mean Green Nation podcast. When we're losing, I'm going to tell you, nobody cares about the quality of the audio on this podcast. Nobody cares about the content or where it's located. It's only when we're winning. And they're like, hey, uh, I got some ideas. And I, like, I think it's funny, but I also I take those into consideration uh, take them seriously, and we consider them. We're we're working on some stuff. Um, basketball season's coming up. We got the bowl game. Uh, we're gonna do like a season recap. You know, look back, sort of like Greg and I just did right now. There's still a bowl game to talk about. There's gonna be a transfer portal stuff. They're gonna maybe recruit some guys. <laughs> you know, at least <laughs> that's what you're hoping for. And uh, you know, there, there's big news football wise coming up. But we are getting ready to shift over and talk a lot more about basketball. We'll get more into that. Uh, that one's a little tougher to kind of schedule podcasts, but we're going to try to do them regularly at the very least. I think, Greg, you're you're more of a weeknight kind of guy, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, so they'll be there, but you'll they'll be able to listen to them. You might uh, have to adjust your, your listening. Um, yeah, you want a version of the Mean Green Nation wrapped? For some reason, the UAB postgame one was like the most listened to for like in the last 30 days. I don't know why. I don't know. It, it's what it was. Uh, and then the next one was the basketball uh, little preview show that we did. So there you go. And la- there were really? more than six. It turns out there are more than six people listen to it. There are seven. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening. Go Ming Green. Even though we lost. Go Ming Green. Never stop going. Mean and green. All right, we're done.